Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Well, we've been talking about this series of gifted, and we're talking about those arrows representing the place that we are to receive God's love and His gifts, and we are to give God's love and His gifts. We are people who are gifted people because we're connected to Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and we are designed to be the, do the works of Jesus. So as we talk about that, you know, what you quickly realize when you say, I, want, I like this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to receive fully from God and well, open, yield myself fully to Him and His gifts, and I, want to, and I want to give those gifts away, what you'll recognize, it's difficult sometimes. And that's what they call opposition. <laughs> you actually will be opposed, and that's very normal. Um, and so this series, we've talked a lot about identity in the place of where we've come to Jesus and we have been given this identity of heirs, of children, of citizens of the kingdom, that, and with its authority, we're in this priesthood. But also an identity that we see in Scripture, Jesus referring to, is that we're actually warriors and we're soldiers, that we actually fight darkness and evil. And, uh, and so it's always amazing to me, I don't know if you recognize, have had this, where you have your, maybe your non-Christian friends, and they just, they don't really believe Jesus is the Son of God, but they, they, they really like Him. You know that one? Like, I really like Jesus. <laughs> I say, but you but have you read what he says? <laughs> you, know, you know, and so if I, you know, and one thing with many times my friends are like, if I started talking about, uh, you know, well, you know, Jesus talked a lot about de- the, uh, Satan and demons and principalities and powers. It's like, oh, no, that's not the part of Jesus I like. I like the other part, right? But quite honestly, it's just the whole mindset of Jesus when he trained disciples is you have to understand that in, on earth, we are actually in God's kingdom, but we're in another kingdom, and there's a battle going on, and we're in the middle of that. And so we see that all the way through Scripture. And uh, then we look at this place where, even with Jesus, if you think about how much the enemy was very clearly sh- that he modeled how you deal with this from the very beginning, even after he's baptized. Remember, he's baptized, what happened? Holy Spirit descends upon him, identity spoken again. This is my son, I'm well pleased. The Spirit prepares him by sending out for 40 days of fasting, but then the enemy comes, this devil comes and tempts him right away. When Jesus came in on the scene, he basically, uh, you know, came in and basically said, you know, the, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but here's why I've come. I've kind of, you might have life and life of the full. That's the contrast right there. In <clears throat> 1 John it says, the Son of Man came for this purpose to destroy the devil's work. 1 John says, they're speaking of spiritual forces of evil, and it says, dear, Oh, dear children, speaking to us, you are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. I mean, so we just see it all the way through. You know, uh, I had this friend of mine, and he was, uh, I'd become a Christian, and he was agnostic, but we always, I just would just, I would just show up and start telling, this is who Jesus is. Why don't you believe in him? You're crazy. And so we just would always have this, we have a good debate on things. So he just didn't. He, he probably was agnostic. He believed there was some kind of higher power. But this whole thing of a loving, personal, real, present God was something he just couldn't believe. And so I go to his house one time, and he, he says, man, Dave, says, I have to admit, I, he says, I think I moved the needle a little bit on the spiritual stuff. He goes, I was just at this bar last night, and some stuff was happening going down this bar that I could feel evil. 
I could feel a being in the room. So I'm, I'm, I got, I'm halfway there. I believe there is a Satan, <laughs> and I believe there is evil, and there's a, a source to that, right? Quite honestly, that's not a hard jump when you just look at the news and see what's happening. There's something there, right? But, but it, at least I thought, well, that's, that's good. It was kind of tough when you believe that, but you don't believe you have any power over it, and you're up to whatever it does or wherever it takes you. That's a tough place to live, which non-Christians and Christians live in that spot of fearing evil. And so, you know, uh, Paul writes this whole thing about how we're supposed to respond to this, and he's basically saying, you need to be alert. This is just the way it is. It's just part of life. It says, uh, you know, it says, be alert and sober-minded. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers, this is for everybody, throughout the world are undergoing, undergoing the same kinds of sufferings because of the enemy. And you look at James talking about submit yourself to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Because I say that, and today we're talking about gifting and this place of receiving and giving. And I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we go through it. This really applies to a much broader concept of, of the enemy, but we want to be kind of focusing in on this place of that, which is really most of all what Christianity is, is receiving the grace of God and giving it out as well. And I say that because I want you just to be aware of this fact, is that right now, we are right now in this very moment, what's going on in your mind right now, there's a spiritual aspect to it. There's a spiritual struggle, and God wants us to be very aware and understanding what that is, and that's not weird. That's just normal Jesus' teaching of discipleship. So as we go through this, I, I want us to go ahead and look at Ephesians, a familiar passage. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can... Take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So we're going to go through this and just... We, you know, this could be like a three-week series, so we're going to go through it fast on this one. But as we look at this, let's just go through and just highlight a couple things. And I think the, the starting part is be strong in the Lord and his mighty power and put on the full armor of God. And so when you look at that as be strong in his mighty power, it's this understanding that the way we resist is something that's not within our power. We... we, we we don't have the power within our human ability to overcome uh, spirits of darkness and the enemy. We just don't. But his mighty power does, and this is what we're leaning on. It's not within our strength, it's within his strength. And 
and it's places, you know, and it says, put on the full armor of God. And there's been some bizarre Christian ways of looking at this. It's just it's some sort of thing, a magical way you go about certain things. It's really talking about stand in the identity that God has given you, in your true position with the things that God has made you and who you are. And you're going to see this term stand quite a bit. And so as we look at this, you know, it's this place we always have these terms, but we understand there's this active part in it, right? It's this put on the armor of God, and it also is a place of be, you know, be strong. It's a point of a choice that we're participating in this. And, and so understanding that is we are really, at this point, it's this place of standing in this. You know, many times... Uh, I've seen Christians that, like, we're supposed to run after demons, right? We aren't supposed to be running after demons. We're to be doing the works of Jesus, to be following the Spirit, and when we get opposed, we stand firm in who we are, and He flees. That's the model of spiritual warfare we see all the way through Scripture. And so as we go through this, we understand that place of, of in His mighty power. And then we go further down, and it talks about so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You know, in Corinthians, Paul's talking, he says, oh, by the way, we're not unfamiliar with the devil's schemes. Like, we're familiar with that. I mean, that's normal. We should be, if you're in a war, it's very good to understand you have an enemy to start with. That's good. And it's very good to know that enemy has particular ways of approaching that you learn so you can learn how to stand against it. And uh, so as you look at this, it's like, and you have to understand, the enemy is extremely creative, you know, uh, it's not the enemy of stranger things. It's not something, it's, he's very much knowing how to get to a spot to cause you to not live out your true identity. How to, to keep you from reflecting Jesus by your actions and your words. And he's very creative in doing that. I think one of, uh, one of his easiest schemes is really just even at the starting concept of is there a devil that actually is against us? Is that, that sounds insane in our society right now. Like you, if you go tell that at school, you, it may be tough, right? But it's true. And the reality of it is the best scheme is to minimize as if the devil doesn't exist. And that's, that's a great scheme. The other one is to put it to a place that you really understand the devil does exist, but he becomes, it becomes overwhelming and frightening even to think about it. So I just don't want to think about it, right? And what Jesus is saying is, you have me, you don't do this in your own power, and you no longer have to be controlled by what the world's controlled by. Now, the next one here, and if there's nothing else you remember, out of this, remember this one phrase that's starting out, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Okay? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, it's against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, so here's the part. People would say, when I talk about the devil one time, early on when, the, when uh, uh, I was a Christian, they would say, David, it sounds like you think there's like a demon behind every bush. And I I would go, oh, way more than that. <laughs> I mean, it's just in the air, right? It's, it's, it's just normal. It's not saying, it's, it's, just, it's just saying this is what we live in. That's why you can see what's 
all the things that you're confused about that's happening out there, there's spiritual forces of evil. There's a battle going on. That's why people are not doing well right now. That's why addiction is going way up. That's why all these things are taking place because we are against an enemy and, it's, and we keep thinking, let's just figure it out physically, emotionally, which all are important things. Don't get me wrong in this. But what I would say is this. When it says... Our struggle, what struggle is it talking about? I think it's any struggle. Different degrees, but when we struggle, there's a spiritual component to every struggle we have. I've known that experientially, but biblically we can see it all the time. It's not like, oh my gosh, you know, there's a struggle. What happened? No, it's happening all the time. And so, as we go through that, it's like, and, and I really mean this, and uh, this has been one of the best verses of my life that has, for my marriage, for my kids, for my situation that I've gone through, um, because whenever there's a spot where, you know, maybe your struggle is, I'm blow up my kids. Now, there's some things you can learn, counseling, emotional things, lots of things that will be helpful, understanding where that came from. <laughs> But the bottom line, in that struggle of blowing up your kid, it's not just a struggle against flesh and blood. Or this conflict with your spouse, or that place that you just judge people all the time. Man, you judge people. That person who cut you off in traffic, I hate that person. This is not just a flesh and blood struggle. This person who treated you wrong, and you just keep thinking about that person, that's not just a flesh and blood struggle. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. When you wake up and you feel fear and anxiety, or you have this thing of shame you can't shake, or you have this place that you start despairing in a way that's hard to put into words, or you have this addiction to porn or to drug usage or anything, you, you, you begin just, you know, you can't get yourself to forgive this person. You can't, you struggle to tell people that you're a believer and you love Jesus. You struggle to come up for prayer when God invites you up to prayer. <laughs> or to open an area of life that you're afraid to open up. Or you struggle to this place of what God's asking you to do and you feel this, this struggle. Or you, this place of just, again, what we're talking about, just in the broader sense. You struggle in this place of just receiving all that God says you are and His Holy Spirit and all His gifts. And you struggle boldly operating and giving His love to other people. That struggle is not a flesh and blood struggle. And so in that, in that context, he says, okay, since we, in that context of knowing that, what do we do? And it goes on to this place of therefore, and always pay attention when you see a therefore because it's going to give you some great instruction on what you just read. And it says, uh, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm and, and it goes on. Now let's start, let's stop there. It talks about this place of, you know, put on the full armor of God and and it shows here that it says when the day of evil comes. Now you have to understand that the intensity of struggle can change at different levels, right? 
Jesus, if you think about Jesus when he was in the wilderness and when he's in his garden, the spiritual struggle went up, right? So in our life, you will have times, there's some people in this room right now, the spiritual struggle is way up right now. You're just right on the edge. You can, it's like, some of you, it's like things are screaming in your head. Some of you are just pushed down. Some of you, it's not so much right now. There's still a struggle, right? So there's a degree that's here, but the, the answer is the same, is this place of standing. Not running after, not swinging, but standing in who God, and that's how he resists the devil, by standing in who we were made to be. Because his lies are telling us that we're not that. Now here's, it gives us the tools that we have. And it gives you, and we're going to go into detail here, but stand firm then with what? Truth. All right? The enemy is lies, and the way that you battle is according to truth. This is why we want you to really love the Scripture and understand that it is God's living and breathing Word. Memorize it, know it, if it's, if it's good enough for Jesus to memorize and know it, it's good enough for us to memorize and know, us, know it, right? Jesus, when he was in the desert, right, what did he do? He, the enemy came and lied to him about his identity, that he was just heard that he was, you know, God's beloved son who's well pleased, and he's basically, really? And he began lying to him about his identity. If you're really that, if you're really that, and all the things, and all Jesus did was, he didn't swing, he didn't, he just, he just lived out who he was and said, it is written. And just spoke scripture back to the enemy. And then we have this place of, this blessed breastplate of righteousness, and keep it in place. And I think mainly what it's talking about is when we come to Jesus, we are made right with God, not because of anything we've done by his grace, and we have full access to God with no shame and no condemnation right? And when you're under attack, that's going to go, he's going to go for that. You're going to have accusation and condemnation, and you've got to keep the breastplate of righteousness. You have to say, no, this is who I am. I'm righteous before God. I'm a beloved child of God. I'm an heir. I'm forgiven of all that you got, you know, all those things. And also, I think it applies to the place of actions of righteousness is a great defense. Continue to live and do the righteous things, the right things that God has asked you to do. And then you go on further, and it goes down, and it talks about this place of uh, the gospel of peace. And I like where it talks about this, where it's actually, this, it, it refers to the feet. Because it's this, place that, it's this place that we're always to be taking the gospel, the good news to other people. Always be ready to answer and bring the good news of Jesus to whoever, and saying, just continue to do that. In every circumstances, whether you're struggling, whether it's hard, whether it's dark, you just keep doing that. That is how you stand and what you're made for because you're made to bring the good news of Jesus to people no matter what you're, what, what you're going through. And, you can, and it will show up either way. So can, don't let off on that. Continue to be this place and bring the gospel of peace in a world that needs that peace. And it closes up by this place of, this place of a shield of faith. And in that spot of the shield of faith, it's this place where, you know, it's this trusting in Faith can be replaced sometimes with trust is a better way of understanding it sometimes, but trusting ourselves to the person of who Jesus is and to what he says. And just living according to what we know is true about him. Now, so 
What I want to do now is I want us to give us real practical here, and I want to say, okay, those are, that's how we stand, but what is the schemes? What is going to, how is it that we can start being aware of what it feels like when we're in a struggle and we realize there's a spiritual aspect to it? Like, you know, we always talk about, do you know the voice of Jesus, right? We want you to know that one the best, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Father. We want you to understand that one the best. But you need to know the voice of the enemy <laughs> so you can recognize that it's very distinctly different, but it also has particular things. You know how it is with Jesus? You think, I know, it, I know it's Jesus, right? You need to know when you're being talked to by uh, something that is spiritual that is not going to bring you life. And so the way I'd say that is, and this will be something that many of you have heard. I've, I've taught on this different times in classes, but... Um, the uh, Satan's weapon in deception is convincing us of a lie. That's it. His weapon is just lying. Right? Very complex lying, <laughs> but lying. That's it. All he does, he's, and he puts it, he's the father of lies. That's all he knows how to do. That's his identity is lies. Right? The identity of God is absolute truth that brings life. Jesus is lies that brings death. Jesus' truth releases us into our gifting and into the love of God, and, and the enemy's lies takes that from us. All right? Now, but there are particular kinds of lies. And I want you to be thinking about maybe something you're even struggling with right now. Maybe you're even aware as I'm talking, like, oh, I'm feeling some stuff going on inside of me. Pay attention to that and begin. Maybe this will be some, have some help in that. There's three types of lies that the enemy will use. Okay? He'll use false promise. And in uh, false promise, the best way I can, I can put false promise is that um, it has this feeling of the angel of light. <laughs> it, it, it's very appealing, it's very alluring. Uh, it, it, a false, the false promise, the feeling it has in its deception is that Satan gets it and he's your friend. I know how hard it's been being the marriage you're in and pornography begins looking very good and it brings relief and I would lay that out. So that would be a false promise. But it could be all the way from a false promise could be I know you're struggling, but if you can just get a little bit more money, your, health, your, 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 your life will get better. You know, it will. It really will. I know it's sacrifice your family. You need to push a little harder. I mean, those are all false promises. It can be a spot that you just need to let that person have it and rage at them for a while. This, they, they're due, and you will feel much better, right? Those are all false promises. And you can just put it to lots of different things of addiction and all those kind of things. There's a promise there that's false. The second is, is this place of the lie of accusation. And I find this to be one of his, of huge tool among Christians especially. And the lie of accusation, you feel the pointing finger at God. It's not God, but it feels like God. <laughs> you feel a pointing finger that, that brings condemnation or judgment on you or shame on you, and you can feel it. 
And, and he'll use that if that helps. And, and really, condemnation, I mean, accusation is really just a, a judgment. And he will do this also when we talk about this thing about receiving from God that all the goodness that God has and also giving from God. <laughs> condemnation just stops that. Who are you? What condemnation stops you from opening up and confessing your sin? Condemnation stops you from receiving the goodness of grace of God. Condemnation blocks you from your identity of who God's made you to be. But there's also the other side of condemnation, which is judgment towards others. Have you ever noticed how you're there to love these people, and all of a sudden they just drive you crazy? They're jerks, and you're mad at them, and you're in conflict, and you have these things that are hurtful. It's really hard to receive the love and gifting from God with accusation. And it's really hard to love the world when the enemy's pointing at people and convincing you that they're jerks. Now, this is a big one, man. The, the church right now is sucked into condemning the world right now. We, we can't love the people God loves because we hate them so much. Those people who look differently than us and, and act differently and believe differently and are mad at us. I mean, we just, how are we going to love them if we are allowing that lie to come in that they are not really people of God's image and that we don't know, you know what I'm saying? So understand, this is a really big one, this place of accusation. And then the other place is threat. And that's just a place that you fear doing what God's asking you to do. Some of you in this room know God's calling you to himself at a deeper level. Maybe for the first time, maybe you know Jesus and you're not following Jesus all the way right now. And some of you are so afraid and threatened the idea of like, if I do that, my life will be terrible. And you just have a whole list of threats to come in. You guys ever been in a spot where you're, you've, you've been, you know, and he just switches hats, right? So let's say, for instance, you're, 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 you, you jump into and you believe the false lie. And then you give yourself to it and he just switches hats and says, what kind of Christian are you? You amazing Christian. You're, 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 and they just, he just begins condemning you. Wait a minute, you're the told me that told me to do this. You, and then, and then you, you think, I've I got to get out of this. I've got to open up to God and other people about this. I need help. I need God's grace. Don't you dare do that. You'll be ashamed. And, it won't, and it, there's a threat, right? The threat, whenever those kind of things are. So understand, he just moves around all the time in judgment, you know, in threatening, in false promise. He just moves around all the time. So, so here's what I want us to kind of bring this down to. We've been talking this series as this place of we're saying, this is what God believes, this is who you are in Christ. It's true, but you're struggling some of you to receive that, that God has this plan for your life and that he has good for you, and, right? Or in the other part of you is this place that, you know, he wants you to be giving away his gifts, and you want to start, he wants to start showing you how to find him and, and live out your identity of loving people, right? But you can feel the resistance, right? 
There's going to be resistance in those lives. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, take your stand against the devil's schemes. Stand firm with truth, with righteousness, continuing the gospel of peace and in faith. And it's something that's a work of grace that we come to God for that. So, as an invitation, what I want to do this morning is just have us, you know, and I really encourage you to get prayer on this today if you're feeling like, I just need help in this area, right? Um, but what spiritual lies keep you from receiving God's love and his gifts? Like what, you know, what voice is getting in there, right? What spiritual lie keeps you from, lies keep you from bringing God's love to, and gifts to others? And then just as you pr- think on that, and you, I, if you need more time during the worship, sit down and think on that, right? Just give some time to think on that. Ask God to show you what is true, because that's what pushes away the lies. So you can stand in that truth and show them how do I stand against that and oppose this opposition of this lies that are coming, the lies that oppose that truth that you know is to be true, right? And it's, it's not like it has to be this magical formula. It's really just being honest with God and coming before him and letting him do the work but you will feel that resistance on opening yourself up to him. But I just say, don't buy the lie. Open yourself up to him. All right?